I've heard planets die before. You can't hear it in space, of course, but a computer can scan a planet and recreate the sound it detects. I've heard the scream of steam as an ice planet boils. I've heard a crack like thunder as a molten core shatters. Once, I heard a sound that shook my soul as the beautiful cities of Talaris were devoured by lava flows too fast to be saved. Terrible sounds, astonishing sounds, ones I will never forget. But what must it have sounded like to hear the mighty Mother Earth that birthed our species breathe its desperate last? It might be recorded somewhere in an archive, a file carried by the massive generation ships that fled the dying planet and sought new homes. The assumption was that they'd find their own Earths before too long, that there would be a handful of decades before they found places to rest. As it turns out, the idea of looking for another Earth that quickly is laughable. The third rock from the sun was too special for that. And so decades became centuries, and centuries became millennia. The homes they'd made on their ships, built to last, but never expected to, changed. We grew apart. We could still send messages to each other. They took years to arrive and enough power to send that we only bothered when it was important, but we tried to keep in contact. Still, we were separated by more than mere distance or even time. We were separated by what parts of the melody of the stars we'd heard. Very major technological breakthroughs were transmitted, but even those began to fall off eventually. The record still existed, but in every practical sense, we forgot about each other. We were all caught up in different songs, unable to hear the others. But old promises still bound us on some level, even as we grew apart culturally and biologically. And when one day, someone found a new home, we all got the signal. An entire system improbably filled with habitable planets, upon which the generation ships descended like a flock of vultures. And after thousands of years, humanity was all in one cosmic neighborhood again. Yet our physical proximity did little to bridge the gaps between our hearts. It had been so long that we were all but aliens to each other despite our common origin. And so, despite plenty of space and resources, war fell upon us. It came again, it left again, it came again. It never lasted too long, but neither did the peace. We were too strong to make the battles last, we were too different to make the peace endure. This latest war, I fear, may be different. It isn't just cultural differences and old grudges. There is a deeper fuel here. The ambition of a few powerful souls, the hatred of a great many. A desperation to see things change. And above all else, in our hearts we are separated by the star-sun distance. The fundamental changes to each group of humanity driven by our individual millennia of wandering. I don't know whether humanity needs to unite as one or accept that we aren't one. But if this war doesn't decide that for us, it will kill us all. Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to Scanline Tabletop, our tabletop role-playing actual play podcast. I'm Six Detmar, your GM or game manager. I'm joined by my regular co-player, Jennifer. Hello there. 
Uh, and then two first-time guests for the show, uh, Kyrie. Hello. And Kat. Hello. You may know these two from other Scanline works. They've both been on Oops and, and other stuff. Um, but today we're gathering because we're going to kick off a campaign of Beam Saber. I'm really excited for this. Beam Saber is just it's a cool game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Beam Saber is a uh, a modified or a hack version of uh, the game called Blades in the Dark, which is itself based on the Apocalypse World uh, line of, of games. Um, Beam Saber is a game about uh, basically anime mecha stuff. Um, this, the introduction here, uh, Beam Saber is a game about the pilots of powerful machines in a war that dominates every facet of life. They are trying to do their time in part and get out physically and mentally intact. The organizations that perpetrate the war through all of known space are too incomprehensibly huge to take down. There is no winning the war, there is only surviving it. Hopefully you can make things a bit better before you move on. Uh, Beam Saber is made by Austin Ramsey. If you are interested, it is currently up on Kickstarter at uh, tinyurl.com slash Kickstarter. And uh, obviously, if you back there, you can get a PDF copy immediately. And at a certain tier, you could get a, you know, a hard copy later once they are produced. Um, I We've been looking at this this rulebook for a while. I'm I'm very happy with what I've seen, and I'm excited to get into it. I'm excited too. Like I've, so I have some familiarity with Blades in the Dark. I played a bit of a campaign in Blades in the Dark, and I love the system. And I think any hack of that with involving giant mecha is, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought you were saying Bean Saber before, so uh, that's my contribution <laughs> well, you know. to this conversation. It's really important. Could be, could be, could be a could be a small bean saber. Oh no 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 no! no, no. Oh six, no, that's no. curse. No, like Yoda Mecca. No. <laughs> Yoda da Mecca. Yeah. Oh no! Um, so, to a so great start. Let me introduce yeah. my grand idea for a new. For my mecha, uh, I call them tall geese too. <laughs> what about short geese? Yeah. <laughs> why the why the geese always got to be tall? Yeah, that's my question. Um, so just quickly setting up, this campaign is called uh, Star Sung Distance. It's named after uh, a campaign that I ran a long time ago, uh, like five years ago, not like a crazy long time ago, maybe four, something like that. Uh, which was itself a, a, a hack that I built for uh, Dungeon World with some help. Um, and it was an incomplete mess. It was not, we didn't finish the rulebook. Beam Saber is a much better version of what we were trying to do. Um, and so I was really excited because it's like, oh, I can take this setting that I basically created and, and use it for this and, and reimagine parts of it. Because also in the years since I've grown up and my idea of how to do like interfactional politics and stuff has uh, advanced a little bit. So the basic setup for this setting is that um, Earth went Earth went sideways some point in the future. Uh, whether you know, I can't I think imagine. It, I can't. I cannot imagine a future. I cannot. 
I'm sorry. I really am going to need you to really stretch your uh, your suspension of disbelief <laughs> to imagine that it's possible that humanity would fuck up the Earth. Okay. All right. You know what? I for can this, try. For this, I can try. Just, okay, okay. Close your <laughs> eyes. Imagine the Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay. What if it was in bad shape? Hmm. That would never happen. Mm. What are you talking never, about? I know. Never, I know. never, ever. So anyway, uh, the Earth got fucked up. And humanity's like, okay, we got to get out of here. And so various groups loaded onto these big ships, these big colony ships, and were like, we're going to head out into space and find new habitable planets. And it's like, okay, once we find, once one of us finds, you know, a habitable planet, we'll call everybody else, we'll all assemble, and we'll populate this new system, and it'll be great. It'll be Earth 2, right? Earth 2. Earth 2. And then, like, 5,000 years later, every ship was like, we're not finding anything. <laughs> We've been at this for a while. Um... So the ships, these big ships, were sort of sources self-sustaining, wandering through the galaxy, looking for any habitable spaces and just not finding them. Um, and as they did, they, you know, like, as they grew further and further apart, they grew more far, far apart, like, socially, and even to a certain extent, like, physically. Like, everyone in this setting is human, but, like, the definition of human has expanded. If you're a cat girl, that's fine. Hmm. Um... But eventually, they did actually find an entire sector where the planets were habitable. And it was like, oh shit, this is a miracle. And after tens of thousands of years, they put out the signal and everybody reassembled. And now mankind, such as it is, now has space again. But for all the differences we had on Earth, with 10,000 years of like social progress unconnected from each other we're even more different now and naturally this leads to war war it never Uh, changes you know they say that but they also say war has changed i don't know it's (laughs) it's just one of those one of those uh what if if, that's not the phrase yeah what if (laughs) what war is horny is that it uh in some circles yeah I mean, they say war is hell, and hell is other people, and other people are horny, so by the transitive property. So, we have uh, four primary factions. I'll try and keep this short for y'all. I'm, you know, we're, I, don't wanna, I don't want this to just be me shitting lore for another fucking hour. Shitting lore. Um, so, we have our two biggest factions. We have the, uh, all of these, by the way, are based on various colony ships. The colony ships, once they unloaded, were their own societies. And there is some intermingling, like you'll have people from one ship join a different society. But for the most part, a given faction is that ship. Um, so there is the Meridian Republic of Republics. They're a Democratic Republic nightmare of bureaucracy. There are a bunch of different planets that all have their own political systems but then all contribute members to, like, a governing council, and they yell at each other constantly, and they're, like, not evil, but they're kind of stupid. <laughs> so, really... There's, there's definitely much- no real-world analog. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's the Valkyrium, which is uh, an empire uh, ruled by an emperor, as you might imagine, who basically were like, hey, Earth went bad because there wasn't someone in charge stopping us from fucking up the planet. So we're now that we have this new space, we're going to make sure no one fucks it up by killing anyone who tries to. Um, so they're fascists, but they're in, they're like eco-fascists? Um, At least so they recycle. Fun, right? Right? <laughs> you should go to their homeworld. It's beautiful. 
<laughs> they take such good care of everything. How do you recycle uh, in space? You know, they have planets, Jen. How do we recycle right now? Black, what? Black hole. What are you fully. talking about? <laughs> well, anyway, um, there is uh, the planet Orea, which is uh, what y'all are from. Orea was sort of a ship of scientists that um, pissed off the Valk because the Valk has some very specific beliefs about how science should be used um, to the point that uh, the Valk systematically stripped away all their planets and contained them to one planet, Orea, and basically blockaded them in and they've been under lockdown for a long time. Uh, and this has led to the creation of a secret faction called the Glass Spectre, which is basically Orea's like quiet insurgent military that is theoretically not supposed to exist but is trying to break the blockade that's the patron faction of you guys yes Hooray. and then there is there is one more faction which is this dog <laughs> sorry. i'm so sorry <laughs> don't be it's fine we love animals around here um the other faction is the anti-entropists and uh at this point y'all don't really know like, as players, y'all don't really know much about them, because as characters, you don't really know much about them. What is known is that the anti-entropists are really anti-social, they're very aloof, and they like doing weird science shit that has to do with black holes. Pretty much nobody else has any solid connections with them, and nobody really knows where they came from, or at least if they do, they're not talking about it. So those are our main factions for this uh, campaign. Uh, Y'all are all, of course, as we said, Glass Spectre. You are the secret military of the planet Orea, uh, endeavoring to break the blockade and and sort of get back on the map and stop being under the oppressive thumb of the Valkyrium. To that end, it is to your interests to uh, encourage the war that is ongoing between the Meridian and the Valk, and just in generally make the Valk have a bad time. Uh, we will talk about your squad more generally, but uh, does anyone want to go first as far as explaining who their character is? Oh, man. Sure. I, I could do that. Um, so I'm Luna Minor Delta. Uh, she, her. Um, I am a technician character uh, who specializes in saboteur style actions. Like, uh, it means that I can wreck things and it if someone's just glancing at it, they can't tell that's been broken. And um, basically my backstory is that uh, I was, I had a operation going basically where I was doing repair work for people within this colony. It's, it was a pretty decent business just because people need stuff repaired in a situation where you're contained to one area and that area isn't doing so hot. But, uh, Basically, during an attack between the Vulcan Imperium and uh, people within the Glass Spectre, um, I lost my business and a bunch of people that were working for me as well. So I developed something of a deep, intense hatred for the Vulcan Imperium to the point where my ultimate goal in life is to make sure that their faction is basically destroyed entirely. And... I'm happy to work with other people to get that to happen, but I will not 
let anyone more or less stop me from doing that as my ultimate mm-hmm. goal. Hell yeah. Yeah, and bet- after the attack, you had a brief stint basically working as like a like a, a comms engineer, working with like like signal interceptors and stuff, making it possible for people to do business on the planet without being detected by the fleet. Um, which was at first your sort of like your way of of resistance, and you were like, "No, this isn't good enough. I need to go shoot them." <laughs> Basically. Direct action, motherfucker! Mm-hmm. Back off! I'll take you on. Hit <laughs> strong! I'll take on anyone. That's my contribution. And then you also have your uh, vehicle. Everybody gets a vehicle in the setting, and uh, all three of you have elected to take Mecca, which is cool because mecha are cool yeah uh, yeah what's your what's your mech oh i meant to add your manufacturer uh this is the only mecha that i didn't develop the backstory for so i can't rattle off a cool little uh you know like like what what do you call the mini mini stories what are they not a short story like synopsis something i don't fucking know Sorry. um <laughs> Yeah, I can't rattle off a little thing Overview? about like the cool backstory of this of this model. So I am as curious as anyone could be about the uh, TV eighty three scalpel. Yeah, it's basically a very light, almost dance like sort of uh, mecha that uh, is is good at navigating tight spaces. It's called the scalpel because it has it can use almost surgical precision when it's doing its operations um it has a sleek flight mode a sword that can be overclocked to the point where it heats up something fierce um i'm pretty sure we went with a heat with a heat blade anyway um well so the the way the way these are your quirks you're describing the way it works is that um your load for your mecha is light which means that um, at a casual glance, it is not obviously a military's machine. Mm-hmm. It is like it, it um, but that also limits the number of things you can have as equipment. Mm-hmm. But those are declared as you go. Um, you can have stuff that is preset. Those are usually your quirks. But like having a weapon is a little unusual. You do have your overclocked sword, which is declared. So it's just like that's just a thing you have that doesn't take up your load. Mm-hmm. But it also means it can break. And I also have a blinkered cloak system, which uh, basically it's it's cloaking, but it's not entirely stable. So it'll it'll more or less flash in and out on people's radar, and that can be used both that that can be used to my advantage, but that can also give away my position. Hmm. And okay. also, it has manipulative onboard AI, which is something that's basically taken from Gundam Wing, where Occasionally, the AI, the AI knows what's going on better than I do, or at least it thinks it does, and it more or less influences me to take certain actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the ship's onboard AI. Um, we'll, we'll figure out in play exactly what shape this takes, but um, the AI helps you fight at a higher level, helps you fight better than you normally would, especially because you don't have possibly as much training as some of the other pilots. But it also isn't like the machine isn't asking what you want it's like oh here's what needs to happen and doesn't really give a shit if that's what you want to happen Mm -hmm. and is it gundam wing style where it has the pilot do something or does it just autopilot and take over 
Um, I mean, it's your machine. We can. I. I. I was assuming it's more Gundam Wing style, but we can kind of figure out in play. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm cool with Gundam Wing style, but we can also figure it out in play for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, this is this is this is your vehicle. Uh, ultimately, the call as to how this stuff works goes to you. I'm happy to make decisions if you can't make up your mind, but in when in doubt, it's your call. Okay. Or when in, if you doubt, it's my call. But if you don't <laughs> doubt, then it's your call. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, and then after we've gone through this, we'll talk about uh, beliefs with each other and also we'll help decide our call signs. Cool. Cat uh, Kyrie, who wants to go next? I can go next. Yeah, I'll go last. Okay. Um, so I am playing Robin Ak- Akia Aquila. I'm already fucking it up. All right, let's try that again. Robin Aquila. Uh, the pronouns are he, him. And um, if you're looking in the playbook, um, I am playing the soldier. Um, So Robin's backstory is one of a tinkerer. You know, he, you know, was known for just messing around and, you know, repairing things. Like leading a pretty normal life until one day... um, a Volk uh, strike killed a dear friend of his. And so this led him on a journey to wanting to get a revenge against um, the Volk and wanting to break the blockade of Aurelia um, because the orbital strike was the thing that, like, you know, Six and I, you know, we discussed this, that these orbital strikes are, like, supposedly precision but like give or take 10 people. Yeah, it's it's a situation where uh, it turns out asymmetrical warfare is really fucked up. Makes sense. Yeah. Tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> um so originally Robin um at one point joined up with a mercenary group um but that mercenary group failed in their efforts to take care of the blockade so in order to fully commit to this life of taking down the Volk's blockade uh, Robin faked his own death so that he could join the Glass Spectre because he was essentially recruited by the Glass Spectre like his goal is to break up the blockade and no one's going to get in the way of that tell me about your, your sick robot sick uh i i i I wrote the the stuff for your sick robot but that's you know as ever you know you change what you want you make up the details uh it's it's a it's a robot it's a robot it is a it's a robot um so the um this is uh, the gm 33 a4 jasper um and i imagine like if you look up like i was imagining it looked up like the Fafnir from Broken Blade, which is a very specific reference I don't expect you to get. <laughs> oh, I, I looked it up. This is very similar to what I had in mind, so that, that works great. Yeah. Um, so it is a medium-load mecha that is designed to be kind of like... It gets the job done. It doesn't look pretty, but it will it will fuck you up if you, you know, uh, when the time comes. And one of the things that, um, one of the key 
components is this high tension energy tether, um, which is in a basically an offensive grapple hook. Um, I combined that with like, you know, this backup blade that I have. This um, is a very up close and personal type of uh, mecha. Very much about getting in your face and taking care of um, business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sort of I I imagine as being one of the like the like obviously specific militaries like the big factions tend to have their own like personal mecha right. But as far as like wide distribution, this is one of the more popular ones just because it's sort of one of those mecha that is just like it'll it'll rise to the occasion. If you're a newbie, it's an intuitive mech that has pretty basic arms. But if you're an ace pilot, it's reliable and flexible and versatile. Um, So it's just a it's just a good machine. Exactly. And um, as of right now, I don't really know too much about like the about like robin's personality and his like like stats in combat or anything but it's one of those things i hope to explore through play you know mm-hmm. yeah just kind of like I, I i start with a simple character and then just kind of build from there but like Some, said, honestly sometimes that's better yeah um yeah so yeah, I am very I'm very excited to, for um grapple hook shenanigans. Oh, is that so I just gave you the model name. Is that the name of the mecha? You can have a name for your mecha. Is it called Grapple Hook Shenanigans? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Um It doesn't have to have one either, because the, the scalpel just has a model name. It doesn't have a name unless unless Jen wants to change that. I think scalpel's a pretty strong name on its own. I was thinking the Phoenix. Okay. Call it the Phoenix. That makes sense to me. All right. And then, uh, so, if we have a character who is uh, not that filled in yet and has a lot to be discovered in play, we also have Kat's character. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) I'm an asshole. No. uh, I mean, yeah, my character is an asshole. Uh, my character's name is Fennel. They use they, them pronouns. Fennel. I don't know how to say that word. It's the name of a bird. Um. I would have said Koa? I would say Kua, maybe? Kua or Koa? I'm maybe, not sure. I'll... Maybe Kua. I mean... It also would be really funny if... I mean, we could just commit to one of these, because it also would be really funny if someone was like, that's not how you say the bird's name, and Fennel's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Um, let's see. What else about him? Uh, or him. Eh, he, I mean, he's more, ma- they're more mask leaning. So I kind of think of them in like a masculine lens. So if I go back and forth, mm-hmm. forgive me. Maybe, maybe they go by both. I don't know. I don't know their life. I kind of do. Anyway, uh, they <laughs> are a former teacher at a renowned military academy. Um, but not anymore for reasons that I will go into. Yeah. You were you were in the like the non-military side of the academy yes. because you were teaching influencer studies yes. as I recall. Yes. My character is a, a social media influencer. I'm I, I'm interested to explore what that looks like in this society. Um it's probably terrifying. 
So, uh, yeah. Grainy black and white fu- footage of uh, PewDiePie on a projector. <laughs> right? Hey, is it, I, I know we're part of this super secret mission and everything, but is it right if I put put in some sponsorships here? <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, take this code to get 20% off of Dashlane. Uh, shout outs to our Twitch donation. <laughs> Like, favorite, and subscribe if you think we're not morally responsible for this armed conflict. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god, that's exactly the vibe of this character. Exactly. To Honestly, a T. If I if I if I'm being real, like Kat, your character is the one I'm most interested in. <laughs> They're just a fucking asshole who's like only cares about uh their lovers that disappear during what did we say, a military training exercise or something? Um, I think, I think what, what we decided on was they, they tried to run the blockade. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and they disappeared. Well, you know, what's one of those things that we'll go into more of as we play, mm-hmm. we'll explore it more. Right now we're keeping it kind of vague because we don't know what shape we want it to take. So yeah, Fennel, Fennel doesn't give a fuck about anything and will use any, any means possible to get ahead, including probably war crimes. Um, yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> Uh, worth noting, your drive is to become a war influencer, uh, yes. which is, <laughs> you want to be the Hatsune Miku of guns. It, that's <laughs> actually a Hatsune Miku aesthetic already, I'm pretty sure. Oh my true. god, love is war. Oh my god. <laughs> that's that's the vibe of my character. That Hatsune Miku, love is war song. Um, so I was really excited uh, when I got to design your mecha. Because uh, I was just like, man, okay, so we've got this, like, influencer dickhead, um, and they are, like, the aloof type who sort of stays away from the fight, but, like, like is still part of it. And I was like, what would, how do I design a mecha <laughs> that, like, if you saw this mecha in the parking lot, you would key it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's how I came up with the uh, princess in waiting. Ah, Yes. A good name. You know more about it than me. I am not. I'm <laughs> I not a mech. True. A mech. A mech guy myself. I dabble. You know. Sure, sure. So basically, um, it's got like a, a like a micro. The quirks are micromanaging technical uh, tactical computer, hidden emergency blast cannon, delicate precision verniers, and elegant presence. Um, because basically, this is like. Uh, what if Lexus decided to design a fighter jet? <laughs> um, this is like luxury designers who are like who are like too good to like talk to normal people. We're like, well, listen, we're low on money, but we couldn't advertise the embarrassment, <laughs> and so they tried to take a military contract. Uh, and they submitted a machine to the Valk Imperium for testing, and the Valk was like, wow, this is really an incredible machine. God, we what? How much does it cost? And they're like, uh, fifty billion dollars. And they're like, go fuck yourselves. Um, so the princess in waiting never really made mass production, but there are a few around, and one of them has ended up in the hands of your favorite influencer. Hey. <laughs> uh, so now for the fun part. Um, I guess quickly I'll I'll establish uh your squad. Um, you are all assigned to a uh, the first battleship that the uh, glass specter has fielded space battleship called the cullet um it is disguised as an uh anti-entropist ship the like the weirdos um 
because, you know, obviously if it was just an Orion battleship, you'd get come down on pretty hard. Um, your direct superior is a, a glass specter general named General Orion Coffrey, who basically ha- is, is, is really ambitious and has big plans, but um, he may be overreaching a bit with this mission. Um, your playbook for your, your group is called the Mechanized Cavalry, which basically means you fly around and shoot people. Um, you've got a reputation of being tenacious. Yeah. And uh, overall, basically your situation is that uh, you are pretending to be this anti-antropist ship so that you can get around. Um, your initial mission is basically just to deliver this ship to a place where it can be outfitted with more mecha and more crew so that you can get more done. You're running on a skeleton crew to maintain the cover right now. Okay. Uh, that all said... Let's talk about beliefs. Uh, this game runs on a belief system, which basically is a little, like, sentences or a couple of sentences in some cases explaining uh, how your character views another character. Beliefs are used so that, one, in play, you can determine sort of how your character would react to another player, and also to be a source of character development. As you like, as you confront these beliefs and challenge them and develop them, you will get experience for doing so. Uh, so, Luna Miner, could you open us up with what are your what are your two beliefs about your your squad mates here? Okay, so for Robert Aquila, um, I think that he could be a valuable ally. Um, seems to be on top of his game and stuff like that, but. Uh, if he happens to get in the way of what I intend to do, then basically fuck him. And uh, for Fennel, um, I Fennel's a situation where I see Fennel as useful in terms of they know a thing or two about spreading messages, getting things done, that sort of thing. Um, and I could probably use that in my own... Um, my own mission, but uh, we're not exactly friends here. I I think that they're kind of a pompous asshole. <laughs> nah. Factual. Nah. <laughs> nah. Totally on the up and out. Nah, nah. I'm, you know, Fennel, Fennel's chill. All right. Well, Robin, what are your what are your beliefs about your your squad mates here? Well, um, for Luna Minor Delta. Um, Luna and I have much in common and we'll work well together. Like, I think that we have similarly, similar goals and there is no reason for us to not necessarily, um, work well together. Um, as for Fennel, Fennel is tiresome and their interests are trivial. I have no time for them. Wow. (laughs) All right, well, um, uh, sh- I, I think the phrase is shots fired, uh, Fennel. Uh, I'm sure your your beliefs about other people are very respectful and uh, will will make Robin ashamed of their words and deeds. Everyone is trash, first of all. <laughs> first of all. Second of all, <laughs> Fennel thinks that... Um, they could probably use Luna's technical skills to their advantage, um, because it's not really their their strong suit. You know, they they they're like me; they dabble. Um, but you know, 
she could do with like a, a makeover. Um, uh, as for Robin, you know, um, faking your own death is pretty fucking cool. Like maybe I should try that to be honest, like <laughs> getting some clout for the gram. Um, and like, I don't know. Robin's got like that, like hot worker vibe. So like, maybe I could put him on camera, you know? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. You know, like people go for that look. So I don't know. You know, Luna could have that too. I just need to work with her a bit. <laughs> Those are Fennel's words, not mine. Just, just on a different level than everybody else, really. You know, I beyond, am, beyond these petty concerns. I am honestly, I'm here for this. <laughs> I have no idea how our characters are going to get along, and I am. Li- it's like, mm, it's like candy. <laughs> this is just so silly. Uh, I am not a GM who goes, like, out of my way to kill people, but people can die. That's possible. (laughs) So keep that in mind. Don't kill me! I would never kill you, Kat. Fennel, you're on thin ice. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Um, So here's a fun part. Uh, The way this game works is, uh, one of the things is that everybody has a call sign, right? Uh, It can be used as much or as little as you want. Um, but you know, it's it's like like call signs for fighter pilots, right? Uh fucking uh Goose in Top Gun didn't name himself Goose. The people around him were like, Oh, your call sign's Goose now. Oh my god. Because that's how it works. You don't pick your call sign. People pick it for you. Oh my god. I just realized earlier when I was like, Oh, my lovers died in a training accident, I was thinking about Top Gun. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh so the way this is going to work is that uh, we're like, for for example, for Fennel, Jen and Kyrie, you will pick Fennel's call sign. <laughs> Obviously, this is this is going to be consensual. You can't just pick the sign, dickhead, and then Cat has to agree. I agree. But... I agree. <laughs> I was thinking Goose personally. <laughs> oh my god! Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Goose uh, or Fireball because Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> Fireball is not bad because it's like they are just a a streak in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to burn out. I mean, you you two come to an agreement and as long as Kat's okay with it, I'll write it down. Oh, I'm okay Uh, with anything. I don't give a shit. (laughs) Um, Fireball or firework? Firework, uh... That... That seems all right, but also it seems like uh, it's too positive. It, I just think it, yeah, I think it's the Katy Perry song. <laughs> okay, fire. is that a problem? That's a good uh, fucking song. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm not saying it's a bad song. I'm saying the connotations are too positive. Well, I was okay, thinking, I was thinking firework because like they they're incredibly flashy, but don't they don't last? Wow. Hell yes. Wow. Wow. Hell yes, I'm I'm feet my I feel like the energy vampire right now from <laughs> what we do in the shadows. I'm like yes, okay, we can do firework. <laughs> okay, we're we're we want firework. Is that our that our decision? Yeah, that's fine. And it's not impossible for this to change, but it would have to change uh, based on fiction. Cat uh, Kyrie, tell me about Luna. What's Luna's call sign? Oh boy, hmm. 
What is, okay, quick question. What is the level of, like, technology in this world? We have, like, mechs and stuff, right? Yeah, you have mechs, you have uh, <clears throat> beam sabers. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have, like, it's, like, computerized and whatnot. It's not, like, a, yeah. a steampunk yeah, it's, type it's, situation. Okay. Um. No, it's fairly, it's fairly, sci- it's okay. fairly, like, futuristic sci-fi. It's something, space opera. Something say. something computery. Okay. Or um, like uh like hmm. I don't know. Napster. I was like wrench and I was like, no, that's not like fem enough. Like Yeah. Like, like how about um so the name of their mecca is Scalpel, right? Uh-huh. Um I was thinking doctor is some kind of profession. Yeah, something like that would be fair. Um, uh, if you're going to go with that, I would blade? say doc is better than doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, doc? Um, doc seems all right. Yeah, doc seems all right. I'll go with that. All right. And now, Jen, Kat, tell me about, about Robin's call sign. Fuck me up. Fuck, fuck, fuck me up, fam. It's <laughs> just fuck boy. <laughs> fuck me up, fam. Well, I am um, kind of like a greasy. I am like a greasy hot boy. Greasy hot boy. Oh my god. That's too long for a call song. I'm sorry. <laughs> greasy hot boy. Um. Hmm. Would grease be too prerogative, or? I feel like it's. I feel like that could work. Or like I'm trying to, I'm not very I'm not good on the my name game tonight. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some Do you have like, any suggestions, Six? Like gear um, or Sprocket. <laughs> sprocket, sprocket yeah. is kind of it's demeaning in a way that I think <laughs> would be it's like kind sp- of funny. It's like Sparky. hey sport. Yeah, it's like Sport though! Sport! Hey, what sport? if the call sign was sport? <laughs> no, sprocket is better. I think sport is better, but it's not my call. Sparky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like sparky. Let's do sparky because it's it's like in that wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. I'm into that. <laughs> okay, that sounds perfect. You good with that, Kiri? <laughs> I think it's one of those things that Robin would absolutely hate, and I am, <laughs> and I am. <laughs> And I understand. I am here for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, me, 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 and uh, Kyrie are on the same page about our characters. Just like, just treating them like shit. <laughs> just, if, just, so, just, just shit. If this greasy hot boy has to like introduce himself as Sparky, like. <laughs> Like emblazoned on their fucking like jacket or whatever. And he's like at a bar and he's trying to like pick up chicks or something. And it's like he has to like somehow cover up this thing with like a piece of paper. Oh my because, god! Because nobody's going to go home with Sparky. And then Phil and I see him at the bar and they're like, "Hey, Sparky, how's it hanging?" And he and just I- turns Yola. red in the face. Oh my god. You just- you land on the transport ship, and they're like, "Oh, thank God, you saved us! I can't believe I thought we would never get out of that alive." And it's and like, like it's, it's not know, a like, of course, this is Lieutenant Lieutenant Robin Akula, no problem. And they're like, "Robin Akula, your voice, 
I was listening. Sparky! Sparky! Oh, oh, God damn it! <laughs> oh my God, it's Sparky! Can I take a pic? <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> All right, so uh, just setting up... Um, as far as your um, the other the other things about your uh, squad, um, you have four other notable NPCs here. Um, you have Safe Caffrey, who is the leader of your uh, Rovers fire team. So basically, one of your upgrades is that you have like a team of scouts. Um, they're loyal and eager, uh, and so Safe is is the the captain of that team. Uh, you have Alberio Minor Orum, who is your uh, CIC comms officer. So she's going to be the one talking to you over the over the radio while you're in combat um she's your gay big sister she's here for you Aww. uh you have your uh acting captain uh three sparks light the dark uh weird name because uh they're a former anti-entropist um and there's not a lot known about three sparks just three sparks is currently in charge because you're pretending like partially because they're an officer and partially because you're pretending to be in anti-entropist ship, it helps to have an actual anti-entropist as your captain. Mm-hmm. And then your uh, chief engineer is Origa Phillips, uh, who is just uh, an eccentric person who likes making and breaking machines. Basically. Uh, we will, of course, explore these relationships as we go, but I think that's that's most of the stuff we need to establish. Um, is there anything anybody wants to, to get on the record before we uh, we we take it away to our uh, our uh, promotional area, uh, Fennel did nothing wrong. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I fully expect session one to be Fennel does something wrong. No. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so that's that's our squad. Those are our characters. This is our setting. And uh, starting next episode, we will be kicking it off with our first session of this game uh, as y'all work on trying to deliver this ship to a destination where it can get staffed with some people who maybe know what they're doing better than you do. Not that that's clearly such people don't exist, but I'm the smartest space person ever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sure. I'm good at fiction. I'm a fiction you, okay. you, you are a fiction. You know. Uh, okay, well. Robin, uh, wants, Robin wants to strangle the guy who came up with Sparky. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like like a, like a seven and a half foot tall, 300 pound drill sergeant. It's like, I'm gonna call you Sparky. <laughs> and you're like, I would lose this fight, but I'm tempted. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'd go over too, but it'd be close. It'd be close. It'd be close. <laughs> washed out in pools of boot camp incredible uh all right well uh this is a patron podcast uh over on scanlinemedia.com thank you for your support so you don't need to hear shit from jen and i you already know what it is uh cat is there anything you'd like to promote uh you guys can look at my art instagram page that i made uh because i am a visual artist I do mostly photography and art. It is my name, Katniss and Mog, on Instagram, the app. I was going to say .com, and I was like, wait. Um, but yeah, that's all I got right now. How would people spell that? That is 
cat with a K. K A T N I S S E N M A A G on Instagram, the app. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kyrie, any promotional work you'd like to do? Um, just follow me on Twitter, Kyrie A page on Twitter.com or Twitter the app, whatever. Twitter the app. Twitter the app. (laughs) The app. There's an app. There's an app. Follow me on the app. (laughs) Um, yeah, follow me there. I post and I am very excited to go on this uh, space adventure. Excellent. And I will just give one more quick shout out to uh, Austin Ramsey and Beam Saber, uh, tinyworld.com slash Beam Saber Kickstarter. Uh, we are not exactly a huge deal. And especially at the time that I reached out, uh, Scanline Tabletop was barely anything. Um, I really appreciate uh, Austin Ramsey taking sort of the, the chance on us and being like, sure, I'll assume you're not a scammer and let you have a press copy of this. Thank you so much. Thank I hope you. we make you proud. Thank you. Thank you. Thank we're going to have we're going to have fun with this game. We're going to have fun and hopefully you will too. Uh and I tell you what, if you're the first one to give us a review on iTunes, you can have your picture taken with Fennel. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to draw a picture of them, so it's yeah. it's actually a possibility. I mean, we're not as is a patron podcast. We're not on iTunes, so it's an empty thread. Oh, but shit. <laughs> well, it could be a Patreon reward. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, and peace out. Bye. See ya. See ya. Would want to be ya, bitch. Hey. <laughs>